1: Alrighty, guys, welcome back to another episode of Make Money, Make Sense. I'm your host Dante Belmonte. Today's guest is Abbas Mohammed. Abbas is a real estate agent over in the Bay Area, and we actually got connected through his Facebook through one of his virtual assistants, which we're gonna definitely touch on here today. So, Abbas, how are you doing today? You want to introduce yourself?
0: Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Dante. So, well, th- you know, again, my name is Abbas. I'm out here in the Bay Area in San Jose. And uh, I got into the real estate business about three and a half years ago and back in 2017. And I just built my business pretty much, uh, you know, using virtual assistants. And that's just kind of how it exploded over the past year and a half or so. So I'm happy to talk about that today.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's why I wanted to have you on the show for. Um, you know, you and I, we got connected on Facebook. One of your virtual assistants messaged me through your profile. We got chatting and we set up a call and... After just hearing about what you do and we're both twenty three years old. So we're you know, we can relate in that standpoint, but you do a heck of a lot more business and volume than I do as far as the sales side go. And that's really what we're gonna be talking about today is being a real estate agent and leveraging virtual assistants, which I think is super, super powerful. So before we dive into that, tell us real quick, production wise what you did year over year and how you're able to increase that a little bit. Don't touch on the whole thing, but just kind of give give us a little bit of hints and we'll touch into it.
0: Sure. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you my story. Right. And I think that will help understand basically how, um, how it increased with, with virtual assistants. So I got in the business back in 2017 I, at that time, I was a used car salesman. I hated my life, hated it, right? I was and a so, car salesman too. <laughs> oh, are you really? That's awesome. So, so, I was a car salesman. I hated that. And I, I had a credit card. It had a $5,000 credit limit on it. And I was like, well, what the heck? My life can't get worse than this. I'm working, selling cars every day, right? So, let me go out and get my real estate license. So, I went out, paid $2,000. And three months later, I got my real estate license. So I got that going, I went out. And by the way, for those who don't know the Bay Area, I mean, our price point is like a million, million and a half to a million dollars, right? And these are not luxury homes. These are crappy three bed, two bath, 1400 square feet homes, right? Right. So, so, um, you know, I I got my real estate license. right now we have about 16 17,000 agents and every single year we have about 12,000 to 13,000 transactions so th- that just kind of shows you how competitive it is out here because of that price point so anyway i got my license 2017 i was 19 years old when i got it i went out knocked on thousands of doors and i got nothing out of it and then i just kind of gave up on door knocking and i went out and i started uh, you know cold calling so when i did cold calling it took me literally 10 months of calling every single day for 12 hours a day. And I took zero days off for 10 months before I got my first transaction. So that just kind of shows you how hard it is to build up that database just to get one transaction. Because when you get one transaction, you know, you make $30,000 on average on it. So so it's kind of a big deal for for most agents to break through that. So I got my first one that, you know, that took me 10 months and, and um, Throughout my first completed full year of of being a real estate agent, I did only three deals and that was like, whatever, $90,000. So that's my first year. My second year in the business, I went from three deals up to 12 deals, right? And so that's right about 12 million. Every deal is about a million dollars, right? So that's about $12 million. And then a year later, my third year in the business, I went up to 29 deals Right. And that's kind of when I wow. leveraged ISA. So I went from twelve to twenty-nine. And then this year we're on track to hit sixty
1: with wow, ISA. That is awesome.
0: Yeah. So it just kind of exploded that. And and you know, the, the thing is if you look at my, for example, GCI, which is kind of a good indicator, and, and also profitability, because sometimes you see agents out there, they have extremely high income, right? In terms of commissions, but then you look yep. at their numbers, like how much are you actually getting to the Bank Right. And the number right. is super low. So I'll tell you, my, my first completed year, I, you know, I, I made like $90,000 and I netted about 80. Right. So I had a high profitability, but the number was still small. It's only 80,000. So second year, you know, when I did, I did 12 transactions, I, I netted about, you know, 290,000. Right. My mm-hmm. third year, which is which is last year in twenty twenty, I netted about uh, six hundred six hundred twenty five thousand, and that's through the use of virtual assistants, right? So it just doubled right. my profitability over in one year. And then so this year we're we're gonna basically net about a million and a half, a million point six. That yeah, is so you know, phenomenal. Just saying, yeah, it just it just exploded my business, and you know part of that is we're not just getting growth; we're getting growth with a low cost through virtual assistants.
1: Right. Right. I mean, that is, that, that's crazy to think about at, you know, even at your age, how much you've been able to scale each year, you went from three to, to 12 to 29 to now on track for 60. I mean, that, yeah. that is phenomenal. I think it's pretty funny that you did, uh, you sold cars before. Cause that's why I did. <laughs> well, did that for years. I crushed oh it, God. but I hated it. I was doing 300 like 60 cars a year out of the smaller dealership. And it was, it was good numbers, was but I was working 50 hours a week. I had yeah. a girlfriend, then a fiance at the time, and I wasn't really making that much money. When I told people how much money I made, they like they they laughed at me because they're like, "You, you do that much work, you do that much production, and you only take home that much." And right. that's when I found the real estate bug and decided yeah. to switch over and you know take those sales skills to the next level. I was always like, "What what can I sell someone that's very rewarding?" I thought, okay, a car that's expensive, I sell if, you know, then a house, and, and it, it keeps going up and up. But right. um, so I love that background you have there. Let's talk about these virtual assistants real quick. Sure. So let's talk about what they're doing for you. You said they're cold calling you, but let's break that down a little bit more. Talk to sure. us about the roles they have for you.
0: Got it. So, so here's the thing. Every time I do something, um, I, I basically look at what's taking 80% of my time. Right. And I try to hire that out every single day, every single time I do a task and it's taken me a long time. I'm like, OK, this is the task I'm going to hire. out. So when I first started hiring virtual assistants at the end of 2019, the thing that took me 12 hours a day was simple. It was cold calling. I did that 12 yeah. hours a day. So I knew that was the thing I needed to hire. So I, I hired that one out first. And as I as I you know, built my way up, I noticed then when I hired out cold calling, the next thing that took the most amount of time for me was was training people. So I made one of the callers a trainer, right? So now she trains people full-time. And then I noticed afterwards when I was done training, I was done calling, the next thing that took the most amount of time was, was you know uh, going through applicants, hiring them, posting job ads. So then I hired that one out. And so then I noticed when I got rid of all these jobs, the thing that took me the most amount of time was, was doing follow-up, calling our leads that all these callers were actually getting for us. So then I hired follow-up people. And so then now uh, I'm changing Positioning into multifamily, there is a whole new set of things that, that are taking my time, things like messaging people on Facebook to, to set up Calendly appointments so that we can have one-on-one meetings. And so I went out and I hired somebody to do my Facebook messaging, right? So And, and now I'm noticing it's analysis. So now I'm working on setting up the right systems to hire out and analyzing deals so that then I could just review it at the end. So, so that's kind of how I look at what I'm doing and then how I hire out a person for, for that specific task.
1: Yeah, that is just phenomenal. You basically built a whole team in-house out of your office, really, is what it is, because they're not with you. Um, I'm right. sure you've never even met any of these people in person. You know, right. it's just your team. Now, let, let's talk about the the first one, cold calling. Obviously, mm-hmm. everyone hates to do that. I hate cold calling. I'm not very good at it. I get discouraged very quickly, as right. do most of the listeners here. What are you let's first pull where are you getting these lists from? for these cold callers to actually call to reach out to these people Mm -hmm. and what are you having them say?
0: Yeah. So that's a good question. So in terms of Flis, we don't really, Here's the thing. I have so many people on the phones. I don't need a specific small list of say probates or say expires or for sale buying because I have so many people. We're just going to dial everybody that owns a home, whether they're a probate, whether they're whatever, we're going to get to you anyway. So I just, I just use websites like Mojo or websites like, um, you know, uh, just uh, call Realty Resources, another one. Call RealtyResource Let them know, Boss Mohammed sent you. They'll send me a, a gift card. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, the, I I use these websites to to get numbers, and we just get anybody who owns a house that we have access to their phone number, right? And we just dialed those people. And so what we say is we just call, we introduce ourselves. Hey, this is a boss with Remax Real Estate. I was just, you know, um, I'm a local real estate agent here in the area. I was just calling to see if you
1: might be thinking
0: about selling your house. So that's, it's really that simple.
1: We get straight to right. the point. Okay. Now I, I like that. So let's say when of your cold callers, they get someone that says, yes, what's the next step that's taken there? Are they handed off to someone else? Are they now handed yeah. off to you?
0: Yeah, I don't I don't touch them anymore. So I used to back in the day, but nowadays <laughs> you know, they, they, they they go they go through a bunch of questions like where, why, when, you know, what what's taking you out of this area this all these questions just to gather data. And then what they do is they They submit it into a different file where I have a person who audits leads. I I forgot this part, right? I I used to do a lot of fleet auditing. I would listen to the lead and see if it's an actual lead or not. So now, you know, it's just, um, it it goes to a lead auditor. She verifies it's a lead. Then it it gets sent off to a a follow-up person who then calls and sets the appointment. So nowadays my job is to just go on the appointment when the follow-up person sets it for me. Some of these clients I've never even talked to until I see them in person.
1: Right. Until the listing appointment. Now talking about the listing appointment, how often are you going to these listing appointments where they don't actually turn into a listing for you? And at that listing appointment, I mean, do you get questions a lot where, Oh, you know, I've talked to your team. I didn't talk to you because it's very unique that a lot Mm -hmm. of agents do have teams today, but it's very unique that they never end up talking to you until you walk through their physical front door. So I find that, you know, very unique. I'm, I'm the guy who my phone stays strapped to me. And the reason why people go with me is because they say, I answer my phone 99.9% of the time, you know, but that's very different right. for you. Right. Yeah. So no,
0: that's a good question. So when I, here's the thing, if someone is looking to sell, we, we send them postcards. And so they know who I am more than they know the person that's literally following up with them uh, day over day, because they see my postcard. So, so my follow-up person calls up and says, Hey, my name is you know alex i work with a boss at that boss group at remax and and so they they recognize that name instantly and sometimes we get leads who are looking to sell right away so we don't get the chance to market to them to build that Mm. brand recognition and so i when i go and you know it's very simple i just take control of the situation right so as soon as i go and i walk into the to the kitchen table i set my stuff down i don't let them you know, boss me around or whatever. I just sit down like, Hey, well, thank you for having me here. Let's get started. And so I get right into it. So they don't get the chance to get weirded out because I'm already in control of the situation. They can understand. I know what I'm doing.
1: I love that. I think that is phenomenal. Let's, let's talk about cost a little bit. So let's do the difference of one person or one virtual assistant that's doing your cold call versus your whole team. So what does a typical payment look like to one of these virtual assistants? Are they weekly, biweekly, monthly, annually? What does that look like?
0: Sure. So, so good question. So, so, uh, you know on app av- we do bi-weekly right we we do bi-weekly every two weeks they get paid um i'll tell you when it comes to payment a lot of a lot of the people that hire virtual assistants you know sometimes unfortunately they don't pay them on time or they don't pay them the correct yes. amounts i am super against that because i like to this is one of the reasons why the people that work for me love working for me i'm always on time in fact many times i pay them too early right um, i pay the exact right amounts i give bonuses you know to keep them happy but really yeah. if, if you look at the cost of 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 a virtual assistant say in the philippines um on average a starting person will get hired at about four and a half dollars per hour right now mm-hmm. if you include bonuses that they receive all that sort of stuff it's probably about five dollars per hour after all the bonuses they get but you know a base hourly pays four and a half
1: okay that makes yeah. sense and so you, how many hours average are these virtual assistants working for you
0: so everyone has to be minimum full time. Right. So meaning minimum 36 hours of actual work time every single every single week. But I let people work as many hours as they want. So if somebody wants to work 100 hours, I work I work 9500 hours a week. I'm always working. And so if somebody wants to do that, I don't care. Just go ahead and do it. Right. I'll pay you for that extra time. Now, we don't do double or one and a half overtime. Everybody gets paid the same. Right. But they are allowed to work as as much time over minimum as possible.
1: So that's a you know at four and a half dollars an hour times the thirty six hours, which is full time, the minimum. That's one hundred and sixty two dollars a week for one virtual assistant. That's super affordable for what they're doing for you and how much pr- uh, productivity they're adding to your business. Absolutely. Uh, how are you vetting these virtual assistants? So when you find one, I, I'm sure a language barrier could sometimes be an issue if they're cold calling and they have an accent. It's probably right. not going to go as well with with the seller that look, you're looking to do business with. Right. So, just to touch base, one final
0: point about about uh, costs. I would say, on average, you want to budget somewhere between seven hundred dollars a month to a thousand dollars a month for virtual assistants. Right. So, if you for everyone I have, it's probably between seven to a thousand dollars. So, having said that, uh, moving on to accents, hiring people, you have to set the expectation right in the sense that look you are going to interview a lot of people before you get to the right person and so we are very diligent with the way we we hire people it's, it's pretty interesting how we do it nowadays so we we post on different websites, Facebook groups, whatever people send us job applications to the email and in every job application, they have to have a voice recording. We don't Mm. interview someone unless we hear that voice recording. We never, by the way, never read their bio. I never read their resume. None of that stuff matters to me if they don't sound great. So so we listen to the voice recording five seconds, seven seconds of listening to that. If we decide this is not the right person based on the voice, then we toss it because look, when you call someone, they're gonna probably hang up in, in two seconds if they don't like your voice, right? Or accent. Yeah. So, so you know, usually we listen about seven seconds, if we like the voice recording, then we send them an email saying, "Hey, look, this is uh, this is a Calendly link with a five-minute, um, you know, five-minute booking appointment, so they can book five-minute interviews, um, and then they get the Skype ID and all that sort of stuff. So they call us at the at the specified time, and so what my hiring person does, you know, she she basically posts the scripts for them, and she says, "Hey, look, you've got five minutes. This is the script. Go ahead and read it to yourself. Once you're ready, let me know, and then we'll just role play." I, I'm not going to test your skills. I'm just testing your voice and your accent. So, so, you know, they, they read the script and if they don't sound great, we end it, if they sound good, then we continue on with the interview. And that's usually a 30 minute interview if we decide to hire them.
1: Awesome. I love that. I love that. Now, database wise, where are you keeping track of all this info? Where are you, you know, keeping an eye on the virtual assistants, their productivity and are there multiple programs I would imagine?
0: Yeah, so, so for dial, if you're using a dialer, a lot of times almost every dialer has tracking systems to show how many hours they're calling, how many hours they're on breaks or whatever. I pay people for two things. If they're meeting with us, meaning they're they're doing training or whatever, uh, they get paid for that. And that gets tracked through the dialers we use. Or another thing we pay people for obviously is dialing. But if they want to take breaks, they, they want to do any of that stuff. I don't have a set schedule per se for them to take a break or whatever but look you just don't get paid for that time you get paid when you get back on the phones and so at the end of the day we we look at a report they have to have seven hours and 15 minutes minimum before the day ends
1: awesome okay i like that so it's some accountability for them so they can't just kind of pick and choose when they do it right that is great now bay area how competitive is it down there for you
0: Man, it's, it's insane. So if you're, if you're a buyer's agent nowadays, it's even worse because the, the, oh, the there is not a lot of inventory, but I mean, I'll tell you, uh, you know, you know, how there's a, an 80 20 rule out there, right? Yep. 80, uh, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. I think in the Bay area, it's more like 95, five or 5% of the agents do 95% of the production. And then everyone else wow. is just fighting for the little pieces. There's just not a lot of inventory um, commissions are, you know, getting compressed because people are willing to lower their commissions to insane amounts just to get listings which again i'm not a volumes only guy i'm a profitability guy right i'm not trying to do listings just for the sake of doing listings right you're trying um, to
1: maximize the profit out of them
0: absolutely i mean we're running a business where we want to help people and we want to help more people and the only way to do that is if we run a profitable business that's actually growing right and so so it's it's extremely competitive just just to put it that way. Uh, but it's getting worse uh, per day as, as, you know, especially during COVID, we're noticing a lot, of, uh, a lot of older sellers who are the primary market, I guess, of sellers here because they move out of the area, then the new buyers come in. Uh, there's right. pretty much a lot of them decided to put things on hold. But the other thing is too, to be honest with you, is a lot of the other agents and brokers, they saw that and they were like, hey, you know what? Uh, let's let's go ahead and, and just kind of lay low for a while until things get better. And so I just kind of did the opposite throughout 2020. I just went out and I hired even more people. And so that got our production up literally twice over the year prior. So it was our greatest year last year. This year is already on track to be our greatest year. Um, so Yeah,
1: I mean, be, yeah. being the seller, the listing agent right now is so powerful because yeah. you're guaranteed the sale. You know, oh, yeah. I, multiple offers, over asking. I see it every day you know, when I get a listing, I get super excited. When I get a buyer client, I'm like, meh, you know, it's just because <laughs> it's so much more legwork and you're never right. even guaranteed the sale versus the yeah. listing side. It's like putting a billboard in their front yard for each, you know, property list as well. So there's just so many oh, more yeah. benefits to that. And we can, we can get into a whole other episode on that. <laughs> oh, absolutely.
0: I mean, I'll tell you, it's been so hard to do buyers. I, I haven't worked um, I think in my entire career, I've only worked one buyer. That was not my seller. I just don't accept buyers. If I get a buyer, we farm it out to somebody else because what I focus on 99% of my business is listings because it's a scalable strategy.
1: Yeah. I like that. These homes that you list you're listing, would you say they're lower end, medium, higher end? Is it a healthy mix? Where are you hitting the darts at?
0: Oh, awesome question. I mean, you got to think about this. Who are, what type of person uh, would not have an agent, right? And, and would be open to listing with somebody who calls them on the phone and markets to them. Usually what I've noticed is if you live in a more expensive house, You have a a big network and you probably know not just one multiple agents if you're a if you're middle income or you work in it or whatever you probably know a few people through your friends who who have agents right um i've noticed the the number the biggest uh, source of our clients or the our client profile is normally below average income uh lower price point meaning if the market is 1.2 million we're probably listing the million houses right a million dollar right. houses so so we're definitely on the lower income tier just because of the fact that you know unfortunately um some of them are not as well connected as the ones that are richer in, in terms of income and and network
1: yeah no that makes lots of sense i i think what you're doing is phenomenal i love it that's why when i first I heard it that. i was like a boss man we got to get you on here i, <laughs> I just i want to hear more about it um so anything else you want to touch on before we head over to our uh, questions at the end of the show here
0: no, I, you know what I'll say as, as a final point is, look, uh, you want to get the idea, if you're going to implement this sort of strategy with virtual assistants into any any sort of business model you're running, you could accelerate it literally two, three, four times um, in, in one year just by having virtual assistants. But the, the main thing is, look, you got to get the idea that if I want to get the job done right, I got to do it myself sort of mentality that I was stuck in back in 2019. Um, get over that mindset, hire virtual assistants, and, and just stick to it until it works because I guarantee you it works. It worked for me. It works for many other people I've worked with. And so you just got to make it work for your own system, your own models, and your
1: own business. But it definitely works. Awesome. I love it. Well, let's head over to the uh, section of the show called The Curious Cues. I'm going to throw some questions at you that we ask all the guests and let's get your answer. Awesome. Let's do it. Favorite podcast you enjoy listening to? I never listened to podcasts, to be honest with you. (laughs) Really? Not a big podcast person? (laughs) No. (laughs) All right. What about favorite book? Book you enjoy reading? I would say for sure, Get to Great by Jim Collins. You know, one of my favorites. Yep. Yep. Awesome. I, biggest hurdle in your real estate career you've had to overcome?
0: Um, getting over the mindset that if I want it done right, I got to do it myself. That's why I was stuck mm. at the office 12 hours a day for two and a half years of my life making calls because I thought, you know what, I these are hard to do and I have to be the person that doesn't. But
1: man, I'm so over that mindset. It's insane. How much how much more free time do you have on your hands now? You know?
0: Oh, I mean, uh, that's a great question. So I, I am a 95-hour a week work topic i work seven days a week i never take days off just because i enjoy what i do i don't find it you know difficult so so having said that i used to put those 95 hours into real estate sales every single week nowadays i am basically putting about 10 to 15 hours in sales and everything else i'm putting into multifamily so awesome. it's just it's so much i mean i'm putting down now 10 15 percent of the time i used to and making significantly more
1: money that's great leveraging your yeah. time and your resources i love it yeah. Favorite non-real estate related hobby. So, out of that ninety-five hours a week you're working, if yeah. you have some free time, what are you usually doing? <laughs> Man, my
0: only hobby is work and real estate. That's
1: it. That's all I do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love it. That, that's yeah. the problem with everyone I have in the show. They're like, oh, yeah, I love real estate. You know,
0: <laughs> I literally do nothing else. So, so yeah.
1: Fair enough. All right. And then uh, newbie advice. So, what advice would you give to someone? that is either looking to get their real estate license or looking to leverage their business a little bit more?
0: Well, I mean, I would say, look, if you're going to get your real estate license, um, you know, it's it's definitely tough to start you know getting started is the hardest thing once you get get things going and you set up the right systems moving along is going to be a lot easier I mean I'll tell you it took me literally 10 months to get my first listing and at that time I was I was called calling but I was also working my used car sales job right so I was doing both and and so having said that it, it just killed me mentally I wanted to give up every single day of those 10 months um, and I'll tell you the final week that, that of those 10 months, I was like, look, I have two upcoming listing appointments. If I don't get one of those listing appointments listed, I'm going to give up on real estate. I'm going to just focus on college and just kind of do the regular you know, thing. And, and I'll tell you, I got one of those listings. But if I had not gotten one of those listings, my life right now would be completely different. So I would say definitely stay persistent, stick to it. And, and if you're actually serious, if you put in the work, I guarantee you
1: it's going to work one day. You just got to keep going at it. I love that. Abbas, great job. Great job coming on the show. If someone wanted to connect with you, learn more about you, how can they reach out to you? Best way to contact you?
0: Yeah, I I would say the easiest is through email Abbas, that is A-B-B-A-S at theabasgroup.com. So
1: Abbas
0: at com, or you could just call me at 408-609-9178. That's my cell phone.
1: Cool, cool. Awesome. Thanks for coming on the show. We'll be chatting with you soon.
0: Hey, man, I appreciate it. Thank you, Dante.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: We hope you were able to take some value away from today's episode. For more information or to connect with Dante, visit VictoryCapGroup.com.
1: See you next week.